1: What will we do with a drunken sailor? What will we do with a drunken sailor? What will we do with a drunken sailor? a light of heart The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize,
0: and
1: plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com.
0: And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Looks like you got a saggy
1: microphone over there.
0: It feels like like I have a (laughs) saggy microphone. Yeah, trust me. I have to actually bend my head down to talk and do It's that your chest. (laughs) It's weird. Is this better? It's still a little saggy. It's just... Well, uh, you're the one that keeps moving it on me. No,
1: I didn't move it. I guess that happens when you get older. You get a saggy microphone. There you go. That's much better. Yours is
0: saggy too. How dare
1: you? How dare you? (laughs) Talk to me that way. I don't appreciate that.
0: Well, you shouldn't have a saggy one.
1: (laughs) Really? That's how we're going to. Happy Friday! Yeah, that's how we're starting the Friday off. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for minute 59 of Saggy Man's Chest. (laughs) In the previous minute, it's all fun and games until Captain Jack Sparrow douses the lamps, batten down the euphemisms, walk a straight line, holster the rum, cover that damn black spot, and send a blacksmith over to strike a deal with the legendary Davy Jones. Because if there's one thing blacksmiths are known for, it's handling the law. Your Honor, my blacksmith would like to address the jury. Treacherous minute 59 begins with Will Turner approaching the clearly rattled and frightened sailor, mumbling to himself and pulling the rope and pulley. Will tries to capture the sailor's attention. Sailor, there's no use. You've run aground. The minute ends with Will watching in awe as the real Flying Dutchman surfaces. You know, water rolling off its deck. Kind of magical appearance. Yes. Out of the depths.
0: How does it do that?
1: It's like a submarine ballast system there, (laughs) which we're going to talk about.
0: Oh, okay. Not
1: submarine ballast, but a submarine connection. Oh. Something that I really like. But before we officially get started with the minute, we have another entry into the Jack Sparrow eyesight comment thing going on. Just to remind everyone, it comes from minute 56 when Jack says his eyesight's as good as ever. It follows the Tia Dalma black spot reveal thing going on there, you know? Yeah. And I had was confused by it. Let's just say that. Then we had a listener weigh in, give some thoughts on it. Cause I was confused. We didn't really have an idea. And then the always insightful Adam Librick Johnson said in our Facebook group, I think you're reading too much into this line. She just said you have the black spot and he's saying that he can see it. She's not telling him anything. He doesn't know. That's the joke. No double entendre, just literal. Hmm. You know, and as much as I like, Got lost in this line trying to figure out what was going on. Adam brought me back to reality. I think he's right. Yeah. The joke completely went over my head. I mean,
0: it's actually pretty
1: funny when you think about it and you really see the joke. Unfortunately, it's now like days later and I finally get it. After he explained it to me. Yeah, I'm now that person that needs jokes explained to them. Damn it. When did that happen? I have to
0: explain them all the time to you. No, get
1: the hell out of here explain them all to me. I do. Really? I think you're... No. I tell you about jokes. No. But apparently, I've probably been telling jokes to you wrong. You're like, oh, he explained this to me, but this is just not funny. That's because you don't
0: put that feeling in it.
1: The feeling. But it it really is a well-written joke. And it's like it was wasted on me. (laughs) Tia states the obvious, and Jack basically says, yeah, I know, because that nasty, bulbous black spot is not just something he could overlook. Oh my gosh, I never noticed that bubonic plague-like lesion on the palm (laughs) of my hand. It's like I need that loser music from a game show. Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) Well, anyways, thanks, Adam. Always appreciated. For that, you can track Adam down on Facebook. A true renaissance man for sure. The world-famous Poxy Boggards. And, of course, pirate reenactment group Clan Darksail. Does a little bit of all of that. Disney movie aficionado. And he was
0: on our... He was Show on the uh, first 66,
1: 67, maybe, if I remember correctly. Somewhere around there. Yeah, you can find him there. But don't, like, stalk him, though, because I don't want to be blamed if you're stalking <laughs> him. You can track him down in our group or the groups he's part of, but limit it to that. I know he's going to comment on that now. Like, what are you doing sending stalkers our way? <laughs> Damn it. Now look what we've done. If anybody wants his home address, just call me. No, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Don't call me. I'm not going to give it to you. Maybe. Okay, never mind. Well, let's just get on with the fake Flying Dutchman thing here. I'm just trying to think maybe we should have legal come in and says Pirates of the Caribbean and at the Black Pearl Show will not give out listener addresses.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyways, I just want to make Adam feel okay. He's like, oh my God, why did I even comment now?
0: <laughs> so does this minute make you feel better because now we know this is a fake Flying Dutchman? Yeah,
1: it was really like... At my OCD Oh, we all know, that.
0: because you had to spoil it before the Flying I Dutchman shows up. I did. I couldn't up. stand it.
1: It was like, people are going, do these people really think that that wreck of a ship is the Flying Dutchman? And I thought, actually, how cool would it have been if it was? If it just, like, kind of comes back together.
0: Comes back to life. Kind of like the ship on, in the Dead Men No Tales.
1: Yeah. you do something like it that.
0: It kind of, you know, it's kind of looks like it's not completely Skeleton together. Ship. But, yeah, it could sail. Yeah. Skeleton-like ship. Yeah. Anyways,
1: I guess so, but I I really do like the way that it appears. But anyways, let's just, like, join Will as he walks amongst the frightened and the dead sailors here. Which is probably not an uncommon sight in the 1700s, I imagine. When you're in some kind of situation like this. Probably see a lot more death.
0: And destruction.
1: Than you would normally see today, maybe. Just normal, everyday stuff.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: But I kind of... It's like I... I just Possibly. imagine maybe, think, okay, this is not 1700s, it was earlier, but I just remember like this Monty Python thing, like, bring out your dead, and they're just wheeling it through town. And that's Maybe that's spoiling my idea of how this worked back then. You know, somebody's just bringing down the cart down the middle of the road, bring out your dead, and everybody's just bringing out dead from their houses. It's really a grim thought. Yeah. But they were obsessed with death. We already know this. Okay, but anyways... This ship is officially called the Scuttled Ship, since we're talking about, like, uh, scuttled lives. Anyways, it's a merchant marine ship with four cannons. It's a bark. Is what a it bark? Is. Yeah.
0: Like, bark? Like a dog bark?
1: It would actually... It, I think the official is, like, B-A-R-Q-U-E.
0: Okay, what's that mean?
1: It's a type of sailing vessel, thanks for asking, with three masts. And they were not very commonly used for merchant ships in the 18th century, and even less commonly used as naval warships. But in the 18th century, the British Royal Navy used the term bark for a nondescript vessel that did not fit any of its other usual categories.
0: Oh, okay. It
1: was like a general. It was like the generic version of a ship hmm. that they had there. They just kind of threw it into this other category. Didn't fit here. Ah, uh, It's a bark. In a moment of behind-the-scenes stuff here, the scuttled ship was portrayed by the slightly altered set of the destroyed Edinburgh trader. And that's probably a spoiler, I guess. Earmuffs. Earmuffs, maybe it's too late. I had to throw it in. It'd be too late. People are like, oh, why didn't you mention it way back when, when we actually saw this ship? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, not to worry. It does have, like, a few notable characters on this ship, but since we only really get a good look at one, I'm just going to stick with the frightened sailor.
0: The frightened one. Yeah, Is that his was- name?
1: Yeah. That's his official credited name, the frightened sailor. He was portrayed by Luke de Wolfson. Not bad. Mm-mm. His line while mumbling, actually, was hoisting the jib. Captain's orders. hoisting the jib. Bring up with a round turn. No beneath us. Foul breath. I kind of mangled that a little because he was really doing it like with some acting chops there. Really looking frightened. Yeah. I just kind of spouted it out. His hands
0: are bloody too. His
1: hands are bloody?
0: From pulling that.
1: Because he's been doing it since the Kraken came.
0: How do you know that's what destroyed Because that's
1: like the clue we get here. What happened to their ship? Terrible (laughs) beastie Kraken thing. Because he says No beneath us foul Um, breath yes you're right so he gives us that clue and he was also this guy luke was in curse of the black pearl he played a frightened sailor in the movie as well
0: oh seriously yes
1: another frightened sailor how funny i know this was last season but when did this guy show up as a frightened sailor in that movie where was there a frightened sailor i know i'm gonna catch hell for this for not knowing this kind of stuff but what scene was he in
0: yeah i'm not sure
1: during the attack on Port Royal, I, I, I don't remember. No, a lot it of didn't show sailors. any
0: really si- any
1: frightened townspeople. Yeah,
0: he wasn't maybe part a- of the
1: motley crew, was he? I mean, I don't I can't the original motley crew, or was
0: he part of Norrington's crew?
1: I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe the final fight on Ilha de Muerta is that where he was? Is one of the? Maybe. But
0: you'd think it would have been
1: like a frightened soldier, but they said it was frightened sailor. I guess I need to check it out. I don't remember a frightened sailor. I can't picture it.
0: No, I, I can't either.
1: Unless he was part of the Motley crew, I, I don't I don't really know.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to try and look it up. But I couldn't really nail it down very well. Anyway, since I'm lost on Frank and Sailor Man here on his first appearance. Luke's actually been doing TV and movies since 2000 or so. Racking up 30 acting credits spanning, well, let me just say, uh, nothing I've really watched. We'll just put it that way. He played Mick Jagger in Stoned, I guess. Maybe that's a pirate link given Edward Teague's inspiration. And who actually played Edward Teague was Keith Richards. Oh, really? Yeah. Both members of the Rolling Stones. Wow. So I guess that's not a bad link. It's like, Well, it's like that old Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon thing that was, what, like 20 years ago a big deal? (laughs) Seeing who you could link together. So Keith Richards linked to an actor because he played Mick Jagger in a movie Stoned. It's about as good as I get right now for this guy without going through his other credits and stuff. But yeah, whatever. And this whole scuttled ship thing, uh-huh. it kind of gets back to the Black Pearl too. And we are talking about lighting because there's rather good use of lighting here too. This lantern lighting. Yeah. And we get that amber color highlighting that, well, it's highlighting the frightened sailor as well as Will Turner in this minute. And I still like the use of the lantern as like a beacon in this dark minute. Yeah. Because you need the lanterns and the light there. Well, it gives me a little bit of solace. And I know I know, I had to rely on listeners to get me through the eyesight joke. So nothing makes a joke hit home like having to be led through it by someone else kind of thing. You know, it's like a fail. Yeah. Like being led by the light there. But here, I'm confused again here. Oh, I got no. another point of confusion. Yes, I do. And the lantern couldn't help me here. It showed me it. But I couldn't do it. The faceless dude. He falls from like the mass thing or whatever. And has no freaking face. It looks like his face has been covered with skin. Reminds me of that 80s Twilight Zone movie where that little boy blinks that girl's face away.
0: Yeah. That's not good. It's not good when your face goes away. No, not good at all. On many levels. You can't smell. You can't eat. That's the worst of it. What about breathing? Can't see. Can't breathe. Breathing. Hello. That should have been
1: first on your list. You buried the lead. When you don't have a face, that means you don't breathe. Somebody, quick, get a pencil. Poke it through your facial area. Make a little breathing hole or give me a tracheotomy or something. But... At least her face was smooth. It's like it just disappeared. They airbrushed her face off kind of thing. This is just a bit, let me say, disturbing. I looked it up and the official description, okay, unofficial description, I should say, is that his face had been sucked off by the Kraken suckers. And it doesn't look sucked off to me. No. Looks like it was replaced by a skin mask.
0: You remember that there was a commercial is. As- I don't remember what commercial it was. Cracking
1: suckers the, got you down. The
0: guy could take his, it was an old guy, and he could take his lower lip and kind of cover part of his face up his yeah, nose. Yeah, I remember that. You remember that guy? Yeah. And that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. And then I got the idea that it was one of um, the crew of the Flying Dutchman, and he fell on his face, because this guy fell.
1: Yeah, you told me that, and I was like, what the hell? You don't fall off something and then land on it your face at all of his face. a sudden face. Face disappears
0: no (laughs) i got the eye because i was thinking of the guy who pulled his lip over his face maybe this is like an ostrich situation that way
1: the guy thinks hey i'm really scared and instead of burying your face in the sand or a hole like they think ostriches do kind of that stereotype for ostriches not real but this guy goes hey i'm scared i'm gonna hide and pull my lip over my face and then he completely conceals his face (laughs)
0: But you laugh at my my idea of him being a crew of the Flying Dutchman and his face smooshing. Yeah, I do laugh at but that. But this is clearly a mystical world. That's wherein, true. But so it could have happened.
1: We don't see the Dutchman crew here yet. But we have seen But Bootstrap Bill, who clearly does not look like he just got his lip pulled over it his face. They could
0: all look different. But we ought, we do still think at this moment we're on the Flying Dutchman. That's
1: true. You're right. At this particular part, we do. Mm-hmm. But the way he falls is clearly kind of like he's dying. It's not—you—you you wouldn't think a Dutchman crew. You're already seeing dead sailors from this ship. Which again, you're right. You think of—you think that it's the Flying Dutchman. Uh-huh. So maybe there are just a bunch of dead sailors there. I don't know. Maybe that's—maybe that's it. But either way, that is like the face of nightmares. That's something that I would dream about. Losing my face, no mouth or nose to breathe. That's when I wake up and find my face is really gone. And it's like one of those dreams within a dreams thing. It gives me the heebie-jeebies.
0: <laughs> have you ever had a dream within a dream like I that? I don't know. Okay,
1: It's possible. I've seen it in the movies. And I live vicariously through movies. So yes. it becomes part of my life now.
0: But in to Make Matters
1: Worse, did they have to make it move? I mean, this thing is moving. Like a flesh-colored black spot thing. Maybe an alien is about to hatch out of it.
0: Isn't he crawling on the ground like that? What's that scary movie where the woman's crawling on the ground?
1: Like The Grudge or something? Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But he's not crawling like that. He's He's, crawling. He's not crawling. Get the hell out of here. Did you watch this minute? Yeah. He fumbles down. He kind of starts to crawl. Okay. He's crawling. Then he stops. Will turns him over and finds that this nasty face mask is covering his face. I don't
0: know.
1: But then it's kind of like moving about. And the guy, or the guy is like trying to breathe. Maybe that's it. He's trying to breathe and he's pushing the thing. I don't know. It's, anyways, it's a happy day. Okay. okay. But uh, wait, where are you going? Okay. okay, what?
0: I have a question. What? If his face was sucked off his head. Yeah. Wouldn't it just be bone? You would say. Yes. Not like flat skin.
1: That's what I'm saying. Okay. Before I. Okay. Yeah. Let me say this. I'm trying to gather my thoughts here because I have two things going on. Yes, you're correct. Let me answer your thing before I say my last thing on this topic. If his face was sucked off, it should be no skin there or bloody or something like that. Yeah. Unless it's possible, like, it had such a suction grasp on his face that it, like, mangled his entire face into, mm-hmm. like, this nasty skin ball. Because it was so powerful, the suction It was cuts. like
0: Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's the idea. It's just,
1: like, it, like, made it a, yeah, just a fleshy... Thing Because it just Mm. sucked it all in.
0: Maybe that's it. It's like
1: those old things, you know, like a cartoon when someone eats a lemon or lemon juice and their face gets like really shrunken and tiny. (laughs) Maybe that's what happened to this guy. (laughs) But and damn it, they didn't add some squishy sounds here. (laughs) It wasn't bad enough. But now the decision is, ah, you know what? Not good enough. Make it sound like squishy eyeballs or something like that. Really gross them out. It was just not right. I mean, that actually is the stuff of like horror movies. There, yeah. I don't want to see that. It was no. just disgusting. Yeah. I want to see. I'd rather see cannibal Pelagosto action than that because I don't know. That's just disturbing. <laughs> it's like his face should be there, and it's not even that we can go. Well, his face was clearly sucked off. There's bone and skulls, and it's all mangled and bloody. No, this is... What the hell happened to his face? Yeah.
0: Like I said, it looks like it fell on it and got squished.
1: But then again, the Kraken itself is, like you were saying, is a supernatural kind of beast. Yep. So maybe it has some supernatural powers. Maybe. I don't know. But with all that, as I squirm in my seat, (laughs) I'm taken to my happy place when the Flying Dutchman goes, like, Red October. It, it does this Red October breach to the surface thing.
0: Yeah, and I might
1: just send Gore like a thank you note for that. It's like <laughs> thanks for taking my mind off Grossman, because <laughs> now I'm happy again. I'm like, oh, Flying Dutchman, ah, oh, Hunt for Red October, some awesomeness there. And I love the Dutchman flying to the surface thing. I do. It's like a grand entrance. I will say that the Hunt for Red October, the submarine Red October when it breaches, way more spectacular. But this is not too bad. It is. Have you not seen Hunt for Red October when the submarine breaches the surface? I'm I'm sure I have. That's classic right there. That's awesomeness. If you like things breaching the surface of the water, go no further than Hunt for Red October. And then you can come by Dead Man's Chest afterwards. Okay. But Hunt for Red October is the epitome of the submarine breaching the surface. But anyways, like I said, it's a grand entrance. Either way, I'll give it to him. And you know what's interesting about this idea There's this opposite effect when it comes to entrances of the main characters, specifically the villains and Captain Jack Sparrow. In Curse of the Black Pearl, I'm going to make my case for this, Jack makes his debut on the Sinking Jolly Mon. We know this. Yes. Famous. Meanwhile, Barbosa gets like this stunning dialogue introduction with his interaction with Elizabeth. It's a barrage on Port Royal... That whole thing, you know? Yeah. And he gives, like, some of the most memorable lines in the franchise during that first scene. During our first interaction with Barbosa. Right. Then we get Jack being thrown into the water in a casket. Although he gets to blast his way out, which is not bad. But it's no freaking Flying Dutchman <laughs> bursting from beneath the depths like he was some kind of Jack Ryan novel character thing here. You know, defecting with a nuclear submarine. But I think that that's something I'm going to track for the next movies is the introduction of the main villain. Okay. And Jack Sparrow in each subsequent movie. Because I think it's interesting. There really is something there. Oh, I guess we also can't leave out Cutler Beckett. Lord Cutler Beckett. He gets his grand entry on a horse and a longboat.
0: Oh, I was all, why do you talk about, he's not in this minute. Yeah, but the storm, I got the
1: silence, cutting edge movie making stuff going on there. That was pretty cool. The yeah. storm, it's all silent and... You could hear just, yeah, it it really is a spectacular opening sequence. But everyone here but the hero gets, like, the hero's entry, which is weird. Yeah. Everybody but the hero gets that hero's entry. It's, because I had to say it twice, because I, it's, you gotta feel it. Yeah. It's like, give me more cowbell. (laughs) But it's interesting take, like, in flipping the usual on its head. And I like it. Fits with Jack's character, too, because it feeds into this idea of always underestimating Jack. It's like a great setup. Yeah. Starts us off with the villains are more powerful. They're going to win. We need to overcome the odds. I think that's the setup. But it's it's just really an interesting take that how we have seen, at least within the first two movies, of Jack's entrance versus the villain's entrance. Because oftentimes you'll see sometimes the hero get, even if it's not like the, the grand entrance. Yeah. You'll see heroes at least have an entrance of some kind. But Jack's is usually like, Oh, poor Jack. What's going on? What <laughs> troubles has he been in? There's always now?
0: something wrong.
1: Yeah, there's a backstory going on yeah. there. He's been in some kind of trouble or he's escaping something. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that poor guy. Somebody <laughs> you know, give that guy a hand. He always needs a hand. <laughs> yeah. And it does. It plays into that he always needs somebody to help him escape to idea. Yeah. So, but speaking of overcoming the odds, what are the odds that we have some brilliant comments regarding our favorite quotes in the last six minutes? I'm thinking it's actually slim to none, but yeah, I think it's really bad eggs time. So yeah, let's do it. Order up.
0: We're devils and really bad eggs. We got yo ho, yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. And really bad eggs. What do you have for us this week? The black spot.
1: The black spot. When
0: Gibbs says the black spot, and it's not so much about the words. It's about the actions.
1: That is about the actions. Because
0: he has the best reaction to this black spot I've ever seen. He does this little pat down, then he does this dance, and then he's like, you know.
1: He's got to wipe it spits. off. And then, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's It good. is the best reaction to the black spot. And then to follow, Pintel and Rigetti do it.
1: Yeah, because they don't want to be left out. They're like, hey, well, they don't want the black Superstitious spot. Gibbs knows what he's doing. We might as well follow along, yeah. not be left out. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: They're afraid they'll get the black spot. I kind of did a
1: a thing as well that was a bit different than the, our usual take on this, where we really dive into some lines. And mine comes from minute 57. And Jack's response to Will, who mistakes the scuttled ship as the Dutchman. And Jack says, it doesn't look like much. Will says it doesn't look like much. And Jack says, neither do you. Don't underestimate her. So that's Mm. my line. And now, yeah, this isn't the sexy quote that I always try to bring to the show. Sexy. But a couple of things I like about it from a plot and like a theme standpoint. Maybe a character standpoint, I should say. Firstly, it's about underestimating, which I was just talking about. And more specifically, it's something we could have maybe spent more time on at that minute 57 discussing. But it's a classic trickster move here. Even in this precarious situation, Jack is still manipulating and lying to Will. The Dutchman is out there. He knows it. He's lying about it. He knows that that scuttled ship is not the flying Dutchman. Oh, yeah. But doesn't bother to give Will a heads up about it. No. That's just rude.
0: Yeah, it is. Actually. It's like he's throwing him out there. And Will thinks, oh, this is a wrecked ship. What can be wrong on here? Exactly. I'm just going to go find this key and be done with it. Yeah,
1: and that's what Jack really wants to hear is somebody with that bravado to just go, I'm going to go do this right now and get this taken care of. But it's true pirate selfishness at its best here. Will is underestimating Jack and his intentions. And it shows how calculating Jack really is. When we were talking about Jack is either a goofball or a goofball with... Moments of genius, or really just a calculating guy who has some assertive characteristics that pop up when he really needs them to. But every all all the time, he's calculating at some point.
0: Well, of course. Well, you see it after he tells he gets Will off the ship, and he turns around to the crew and says, "Turn out the lights, or turn down the the lights." Oh, douse the lamps. Then the way he says it, you could tell, you know.
1: Yeah, he goes from that carefree kind of attitude that takes people off guard. To, I'm the captain, this is what we're doing, I know what we need to do. Yeah. Make it happen.
0: We're going to disappear.
1: Make it happen, Captain.
0: We're going to disappear while Will risk his life for us, basically. Exactly.
1: And it's very telling. But here's the question that sparks. Would Jack feel guilty if Will died because of this lie? No. That's, I don't know. What, I mean, what you say no. Huh? I
0: mean, a tinge, but, you know... Jack will get over it super quickly. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe he would to a point. I could see actually Jack saying, well, you know what? We better take this news straight to Elizabeth so I can tell her and comfort her in her moment (laughs) of need. Maybe have a roaring fire and get some rum. But yeah, I don't know if he would. I mean, maybe a tinge of
0: it. Tinge, you know. He might say
1: something to the crew like, Will gave his life to help us and, you know, try to... To play it off as like a heroic thing and somehow he's involved with this. But, yeah, I don't know if he'd feel that yeah. bad about it. Like I said, I think he'd try to well, capitalize on that with Elizabeth.
0: In the world of piracy, I'm sure Jack loses quite a few of his friends.
1: I'm sure he has. You know what I mean? So well, The it's Motley not Crew like... is completely, well, um, a lot completely different from the first movie.
0: Yeah. So
1: There's some staples, but it has changed up. So, yeah. Do you have anything else? Nope, that's so, it for me. What do you say we come back on Monday? Sounds great. Maybe just sit here in the studio and wait. It's like I tell you, I'm actually a little frightened to leave the room. I might see a clip of that guy without a face, and I'm going to be going, "What the hell just happened? Who? Why are you showing that to me? People <laughs> just coming up on the street. Oh, take a look at this. Ah, yeah, I don't want that. I, don't, a... I do not like that.
0: <laughs> that's it's a... weird.
1: I can't. I almost can't let it go. Yeah,
0: it's kind of. Where the hell's
1: that guy's face? Who is the person who decided? Ooh, instead of having enough Okay, we already covered this. I'm not going to get into it again. <laughs> I don't like it. Like a mashed up face. Okay. We'll be back on Monday. Let me try and gather my thoughts again. And get the feeling of it. And ah, We'll be back on Monday. That's much better. See, that sounds like...
0: It is much better.
1: I know what I'm doing now. and am yes. not just like that frightened sailor. I'm like, oh my God. Faceless guy. Let's, we got to end the show. Oh, terrible beastie beneath us. No. <laughs> we'll be back on Monday with minute 60 of... Dead man's chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling and the rum drinking to a maximum. So we. Uh, I was going to do say, maximum.
0: don't do minimum. No,
1: minimum. Not on the weekends. Okay, good. And uh, another shout out to Adam for bringing me back to reality. <laughs> as much as possible.
0: Bring out today! Bring out today!
1: You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again, and Season 2 is here, and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with the Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, twitter.com slash Men, instagram.com slash Show, soundcloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. Yo ho ho This is a Shoutreach Media Production.